Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Uh, I'm Patrick, and I'm joined by, it's, it's been a long time, I think, um, my good friend and frequent guest on this show, Vubang. What's up, Vubang? What's up, Patrick? And yes, I'm, I'm from the group chat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the group chat, yeah. Uh, we're on a big uh, group chat, group text. Uh, with a bunch of dudes that uh, I think I know five of them. I probably know more of them by now because I've had a bunch of them on this show uh, and I'll have more of them on. But uh, yeah, that's where, where Vubang's from. So I got to admit, man, I'm a, I'm a little rusty because I think it's almost been uh, a couple months since I've put out an episode or even thought about Warriors basketball, I completely tuned out, and it's been it's been great I'm putting last season all that mumbo jumbo behind me. I skipped the FIBA championships, Team USA stuff, all that. I skipped Rich Paul, uh, you know, throwing shade at Steph on uh, on some podcast or whatever, because to me, like, tsk, don't even matter, don't even matter. But, uh, you know, I wanted to get back into the swing of things. And as we're recording this on Friday, um, it was kind of announced or it was announced that uh, the Warriors, they uh, they signed uh, the former number, I think, 23 pick in the 2021 draft by the Houston Rockets, uh, Usman uh, Garuba, to a... Uh, a two-way deal and they're also supposedly supposed to meet with Dwight Howard one of my least favorite players <laughs> in the last 10-15 years uh they're meeting with him uh supposedly next week and I want to talk about Garuba first um he was somebody uh that I uh, I had my eye on in that draft he is, he's not that tall. He's 6'8". He has a 7'3 wingspan. Uh, but the dude, you know, he's 
he's he was supposed to be good in the pick and roll and good defensively. I honestly did not track him at all very much in Houston, but Houston's Houston, right? Rebuilding team, kind of scattershot bunch of dudes for for a couple of years. Uh, and so they got rid of this guy. And I think a two-way is great. It's great use of a two-way. And I think that he could honestly uh, help uh, with the Warriors on defense, just another big body. I mean, we all know that's kind of what they're missing right now. Uh, so I like it. I like it. I mean, uh, if anyone can come into the uh, – can take a guy like Garuba and uh, like a role player like that and just have him fit into the system – you know, the Warriors system uh, is could be perfect for him. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not making any grand predictions, but it's a very, uh, uh, you know, uh, low, low risk, high reward type thing. You got any thoughts on this, dude? Yeah, this is the draft. I remember it's the draft. They had like a ton of different players. I'm looking it up right now Four first round draft picks. And he's the odd man out that didn't make it through. Yeah. So hopefully it's really just just the number of people that were trying to get a, um, a position. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he was somebody that the Warriors like looked at at the time uh, and whatnot. So um, I think it's a, I think it's great. You know, like I'm, I'm super happy and I look forward to seeing what he can do in camp. I'm looking forward to seeing just getting eyes on him, seeing what kind of player he is uh, for real, for real. Cause again, this news just came out today and <laughs> I was in no rush to watch a bunch of clips of him, <laughs> but uh, uh, I like what I uh, uh, I know from before. Uh, Dwight Howard, Dwight Howard, um, I'll let you take this one, man. You can start off. What What are your thoughts on this uh, tweet by Shams that uh, the Warriors are talking to Dwight Howard next week? I mean, I think the first thing is that this is a – Dwight Howard news PR thing, right? I mean, it's coming from Dwight Howard and not from the Warriors, I assume. Like, why else would this news, why else would a news of a meeting coming up next week be actual news? Right. I think it's very odd. I know this happened last year or the year before where his camp came out and said, you know, Dwight Howard is having conversations with these three teams. I still think that the Warriors system can take care of guys like this and keep them in control, especially with a guy like CP coming in. I don't see a problem with it. Um, you know, if he can kill in the Taiwanese league, I assume he can, he can kill here. Um, but yeah, just realistically, I think it's, I think there's a possibility. Um, I mean, at some point, at one point he was the best center in, in the league and he should have been in the top 75, except for the fact that he's an idiot. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I got to thank Dwight Howard for uh, going to the Rockets and uh, allowing us to get Andre Godala. Uh, that um, that was a, a big uh, non-signing for the Warriors. Um, you know, like I've never been a big Dwight Howard fan. Like, I guess if he's a big body at the end of the bench, then, I mean, is he better than JaVale McGee at this point? I, I don't know. I mean, that's the comp, right? If I told you five years ago, would you rather have JaVale McGee or Dwight Howard? Uh, five years ago, man, I just don't like Dwight Howard. <laughs> so as a person, you don't like Dwight Howard as a yeah, person. I guess, I guess I'd probably want Howard seven years ago. Yeah, of course. Sure. Uh, cause JaVale McGee at that point was, uh, still, uh, shacked in a fool, uh, the butt of the jokes, clips of him running the wrong way on the court and all that jazz. So 
you know, uh, JaVale McGee as a role player, we found out was, was, was great for, for the, what do you think of him signing with the Kings? Um, you know, again, I didn't, I, I don't know what he has left in the tank, but I was surprised. I was surprised he went to the Kings, I guess the draw of Mike Brown. And then also, you know, maybe he just wants to play like with some of these younger kids and maybe he has a more defined role. Right. But do you think he was legitimately going to sign with the Warriors or if the Warriors even wanted him? Uh, I don't know. I mean, like I said, <laughs> I was tuned out. I didn't catch any uh, uh, rumors or any kind of like intel from anyone uh, hypothesizing this, that or the other. Because when he was a free agent, I was like, OK, you know, Warriors should uh, maybe look at him and, and swoop him up. But because um, the narrative is that the Warriors wanted him and he went to the Kings instead. And I just don't know if I believe that narrative that it was even his decision. Yeah. I mean, again, um, I have no clue. I mean, we'll see as the, uh, the first game versus the Kings come, uh, comes closer whenever the heck that is. And uh, I'm sure people will chatter about that a little bit, but like, you know, um, not a huge loss missing out on JaVale McGee, if they can find other dudes to, to fill in, but like with Dwight Howard, man, it's like, uh, I guess if you have a bunch of like vets and grumpy old dudes, like, Chris Paul and Draymond Green and uh, et cetera, then, you know, hopefully they can keep Dwight Howard, not necessarily in line because I don't think like he's, you know, wild like that or like going to be like a, a distraction. But the whole thing is he's never been a quote unquote Warriors type player. So that's what I'm looking for. Uh, even if he is end of the bench, uh, you know, Fallon dudes for five minutes a game. So, uh, but I would be curious to see him run the Warriors offense just to see if he can actually do it. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I personally, I don't know. You tell me like right now, if, if um, it was like, okay, the Warriors going to, uh, you could decide if the Warriors get Dwight Howard or not. Would you say yes or no? I'd say yes. I mean, I would rather have a Dwight Howard than, a Kent Bazemore coming back or even a JTA coming back. Like we know what they're like in the playoffs. At least I would somewhat trust a tall body to pull, you know, to post up against um, a Jokic, right? Cause we're, it's really just about Jokic <laughs> in the playoffs. Every decision we make at this point is about one player in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, that's fair. That is uh, definitely, definitely fair. So, We'll find out uh, soon if um, that meeting actually takes place and if anything comes of it. Uh, I want to quickly just chat about uh, Team USA and uh, the FIBA championships. The Warriors lost uh, to, I believe, Germany, and then they lost the bronze game, the third place game, to uh, our friends up north in Canada. And I don't know. I mean, like, was was this a big deal? Like, what did you, what did you have any takeaways from this whole thing? I mean, the biggest deal for me is the Steve Kerr situation, right? I mean, well, first of all, if they win, they win, and no one's going to be talking about it. If they lose, it's going to be a big deal. But it's always been a big deal to have Coach K coach the USA, USA basketball and sort of what it means to recruiting in, at Duke and the reputation he has. If Steve Kerr starts getting a reputation of like not being able to hold up USA basketball and God forbid he doesn't win the gold medal next year, then it's going to hurt the Warriors. That's all I really care about. I really don't care if USA basketball wins or loses. It just really comes back to being a Warriors fan. 
Yeah, like I said, I didn't uh, tune into any games live, but I just kept reading, you know, little blurbs saying about how small the uh, Team USA was, and I was like, I. I feel like I've heard this before. (laughs) It's just Americans don't have, we don't have any good American centers. Right. Especially dudes who are willing to play uh, down low. Injury prone and scared of playing. Like Zion, like is Zion ever going to play international, internationally? Probably not, man. I don't know. I just, because I just don't believe in his health. And I don't believe that uh, as the years go, that he'll be, uh, one of those prime guys to get, but I could be wrong. Uh, it's funny though, right? Because there was all that uh, noise about oh, LeBron James and Steph and uh, Anthony Davis and Draymond. They're all like committing. I don't know if it's true or if it was just social media like hype, but they're all committing to the Olympics next year. And I mean, it's funny, right? Because we've seen this this story like twice already. You know, it's like. Um, the uh, 92 Barcelona team. It's like, oh, we're going to show the world again. We're going to get like our best guys to to show um, uh, we're the best basketball country in the world. And then that happens. And then they kind of, you know, players commit, don't commit. They don't get the best dudes. And then all of a sudden they lose again. And then it's like, okay, we're coming back with the best players. And here's the redeem team with Kobe and LeBron and uh, Melo. And, you know, oh, yeah, we, we're back. And then you know, commitments kind of fade and whatever. And it's like, oh, here's all these young guys and we lose. And like, oh, now we're going to come back and show everybody. I don't know. I mean, it's like the same thing over and over again. And uh, it'll be fun to see Steph in the Olympics if he goes. But, um, you know, uh, all the all the drama just feels kind of, I mean, was there drama? I mean, were people really that upset? I don't know. They're upset, but it's the people that, there's two different types of people. One half were just like, there's basketball being played in the Philippines right now. And I didn't know it was in the Philippines, man. I was like, <laughs> I was like, why am I seeing all like these social media things of dudes trying like Filipino candy? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the other half were just like, I can't believe we lost. But my whole thing with Olympic USA basketball, FIBA basketball, is that there's two different types of formations. The one is we build a team based on who we can get that are the best at what their position or what have you on an off Olympic year, right? The other is we get the best of the best. And whether or not they all will play well together, that's secondary to us getting the best of the best. And that's, it's not going to be hard to convince Steph who this is now the last thing on his resume. And it's not going to be hard to convince them to go to the Olympics in the middle of Paris in the summer you know, versus in the in Japan during the pandemic, which was impossible, obviously. And, you know, during in Rio, they were on a cruise ship on docked on the side, like Paris in the middle of summer, like they're all going to go. Right. So my whole thing is like the way that everybody else does this and all the other countries is they had they have cohorts and they train and they know how to play with each other since they're 12 years old. Like these guys all know each other. Um, they just don't show up and start playing. And so we just need to start at a certain age and figure this out. And rather than build this past team with just like, let's just pick Mikel Bridges. Let's have Jalen Brunson. What, like legitimately pick players that are in a program that'll play multiple, multiple years so that they all know how well to play with each other. So I'm fine with this team 
as long as I know that they're going to play next year in the Olympics. And it sounds like they're not going to play next year in the Olympics together. They're going to blow this team up and replace players with, with, with Steph and with Anthony Davis and with, with LeBron. Like this is a LeBron team building exercise next year. It's not going to be um, the way that it should be built. Right, right. And it's perfect for LeBron because it's like this, uh, the narrative of this thing. Um, I haven't used that word narrative in a long time. <laughs> I use it all the time on this show. Uh, the narrative is like, okay, now he's coming in to be the hero, save the day uh, and all uh, all that jazz. It's, it's, uh, it's funny because, right, like the commitment that Jerry Colangelo had asked after the, uh, uh, the loss um, that led to the redeem team. It's like, you know, they've been more relaxed on that, right. On like, you know, guys committing for several years up until the next competition or whatever it may be. Um, so, you know, we'll see. I mean, I, I do want to see Steph get into the Olympics. I mean, I think that'll be cool. It'll, it'll be good to see like the biggest names, although LeBron will be like 40 or something and Steph will be, you know, 35, 36 and whatnot. So they will need some young dudes. I'm sure Anthony Edwards, if healthy, will be there. Um, it's tough, you know, seeing Anthony Edwards and Halliburton, uh, on, on that, uh, on that squad and be like, Doe. <laughs> in some other timeline. Uh, but we all know it takes 12 years for a center to develop. So, yeah, I mean, it's like we can go back to the our discussions about the 2020 draft way back when. And, um, oh, man, anyway. Um, I'm pretty sure the Rockets fans are like talking about, um, you know, the difference between Usman Garuba and um, Alperin Shengun. They, they, they have deep discussions about that as well just like we have. <laughs> um, you know what? Why not? Why not? Are you a Warriors fan who's also a San Francisco Giants fan like me? Then this message is for you. What will the Giants do with the trade deadline? Can they make a deep postseason run? Could Patrick Bailey be the next Buster Posey? These are the questions that keep Brian Murphy and Doug Bruzzoni awake at night, and twice a week, they voice their thoughts on these matters and more as hosts of Giants Croncast, the San Francisco Giants podcast on Fans First Sports Network. Brian and Doug are bloggers who've been on the Giants beat for a decade, and every Monday and Thursday, they assess the state of the roster, the thinking behind the front office's decisions, and the quality of the farm system. It's a comprehensive look at the orange and black. Giants Croncast, the first, best, and only podcast you'll need about the San Francisco Giants right here on Fans First Sports Network and available wherever you get your podcasts. I want to ask you about the new NBA rest rules. That's the the, the news, I think, of the past week and a half or, or whatever. Um what what are the rules? Tell tell the listeners, viewers. Oh my god, am I supposed to go over them? Well, I mean, just the, get, the basic basic rules. I mean, you 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 basically uh, you can't rest your stars, and stars is determined by how many All Star games you get, and or All NBA. Yeah, and if you do rest, then you're going to get fined a hundred thousand dollars the first time, two hundred thousand the next time, and I think a million the next time. Um, but the whole idea is that you get star players to play in nationally televised games. And the NBA set it up so that the second game of a of a back to back that's a national game will 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 there'll be no back to backs if the second game is a national game, and so we're not going to have we shouldn't have an issue uh, with um, 
rest if, when it comes to national games. It's going to affect the Warriors greatly because we theoretically have four stars based on that criteria. It's I would say that there's an asterisk with those four st- stars because it's uh, Draymond and CP as well um, at their particular ages. That would probably mean that they should get some rest. Um, but I think there are some rules built in for 35 and older or 34 and older. So I don't think it's going to affect CP as much. Okay. Um, okay. Wait, what are the uh, rules for 34 and older? I'd have to double check that, but I think there are some concessions for. Okay. For- okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause um, Draymond, I think it was an all-star a couple years ago, or it has to be within three years, the all-star thing or the all NBA team type thing. Uh, one good thing is that Clay Thompson is in the clear because he has not uh, sniffed either of those, of course, since his uh, injuries. Uh, so he can rest as much as he wants. <laughs> so the NBA will allow pre-approved designated back-to-back allowances for players who are 35 years old on opening night or have career workloads of 34,000 regular season minutes or 1,000 regular season and playoff games combined. Okay. So I I obviously don't have the math on on uh, the, the Warriors vets, um, but, you know, I'm pretty sure they are – Going to be good to go. I mean, Draymond's not going to be 35. Steph, not yet. And then it's really just Paul is like 65. I'm, and, I'm pretty uh, sure CP probably created this, helped create this rule. So is he still like a part? He's of not the on the, he's not on the, okay. on the players. Um, anymore. But uh, Wiggins is the one um, all-star from the past few years who cannot rest, but he's like, what, 28. So not too worried about uh him in that respect but you know that being said though um you know guys like uh i mean there's a bunch of older teams in the west right like the ones when they're all healthy it's like the the suns the clippers the lakers right i mean at least the lakers two best players so it's not just gonna be the warriors uh who could be affected by this kind of thing but you know, I was joking. I was like, well, CP is going to like break down by November and we're just going to like release him or something. Right? Uh, but I guess if he's covered by the concessions, these extra old man clauses, uh, then they'll probably be all right. I mean, I'm not I guess I'm not overly concerned about about this rule. Um, and I'm all for players playing, you know, playing simple. And I know a lot of them are, too. I'm all for it. You know, I don't think the rest has really helped player injuries the past few years. I don't, I don't know if like we come, there's a pot, there's a lot of topics out there, a lot of discussion about whether or not the rest actually helps. But my whole thing is like, why are we fining? Why are we, why is the NBA fining teams by resting players and not actually incentivizing the regular season? Like there's other ways to make the re- regular season more important. There's a reason why they're resting because they care 1000% about the playoffs more so than anything else. I mean, this is probably a Warriors issue because of the 73 and nine season. Like, great, we're regular season champions, but nobody nobody remembers that or cares even. This is true across all four sports, right? The team that has the regular season record has lost the championship in baseball, football, and basketball. And I don't know what the fourth is probably hockey, right? <laughs> and so can we just make the regular season more important instead of fining a hundred thousand dollars? Uh I don't know. <laughs> they have a tournament now, which 
<laughs> I don't know. Let's not, let's the, the tournament is a whole other thing. I mean, I think I my my whole theory about it is to test the waters for a Las Vegas basketball team. That's what the tournament is about. Yeah. I'm all for a Vegas team. You know that Vegas, Seattle, that, those are the expansion teams that we always uh, on the group text like mention. So, and then send the uh, Memphis OKC to the East or or the Pelicans to the East or something. Please. You know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think the rest rules are, are, you know, that's great. I, I, I'm crazy enough to go to like random basketball games when I travel throughout the country. So like a random game in Milwaukee on a Wednesday, or I want to go see the Warriors play in Dallas um, this, you know, next March. And I can't imagine, can you imagine the people who have spent for the past 10 years fly from overseas all the way to Oakland at the time to see Steph Curry play and he gets rested on like a Tuesday. He doesn't rest at home. But just like flying somewhere overseas, right, right, thousands yeah. of dollars. Like in some ways, you should just get your money back. But I mean, the only equivalent to this is is when you go see a play and you get an understudy instead of the main actor. You know, I mean, I know a lot of the players. Like it's the it's the teams that push the rest and stuff like that. So hopefully, everybody's happy uh, with this kind of thing, and um, you know, we'll we'll see how it plays out. And yeah, the in season tournament. That is 100% something that I have not even paid attention to. I, when they when they kind of announced what um, in the off season what it's going to be like, I was like, okay, I'll figure it out when the regular season starts because, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, we'll see how that all all uh, plays out. I was I was very confused with MLS because they have like a championship league thing that happens in season, and I was watching. Um, all of the Miami games with um, what's his name, the most famous Messi. soccer player in the world, Messi. with Messi. And when they won the in-season thing, like it was like a huge celebration. And I was like, did they just win like some sort of cup? And then I looked it up, and I'm like, why is their record last place? And they're just celebrating this cup thing. And I had to dig in and realize that this is whole in-season thing. And are we ever going to get to that part where like, you know, the Houston Rockets win the in-season? cup and then they celebrate like they just won the championship meanwhile we have a championship five months later very very odd yeah i don't uh i don't know i do think it's funny that like again this may have been uh towards the end of last season that they said the winner gets like the players get like 500 grand or something each and i was like Steph makes that in a game or something. <laughs> oh, but it means a lot for seven of those players, though, right? Yeah, I know, Maybe I know. But but in, incentivizing like the getting buy-in from the from the uh, uh, you know star players. But again, if it just falls into the eighty-two game season, uh, the regular season, then you know it's it's fine. When baseball got the whole like whatever league ends up with home field advantage in the World Series. Like that was a game changer. Do they still do that? I don't know if they still do that. I mean, it was a big deal when the Giants um, were were playing. Were playing, I think, in the World Series. I don't. I don't. I haven't followed baseball in a while. But, but I mean, wouldn't that be more enticing? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino. 
or at Oakland Warriors, check out our YouTube channel where you can watch this episode, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to leave us a nice review saying good stuff about the show on Apple Podcasts, that would be hugely, hugely appreciated and it would be very, very helpful. Thanks. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time and go Dubs. Yeah.